All right, Mike, thanks for getting uh, on the phone with me today for the Zoom call. It's been a hectic week for you guys back in Tampa. I'm sure that everybody's been jumping through hoops and putting out fires from last Monday to now. Can you give me a timeline of everything that happened from the time you guys shut the doors on the last trucks at Angel Stadium on Sunday morning until the decision on Wednesday? Yeah, uh, our crews finished up in Angel Stadium about 7 a.m. on Sunday morning. Um, our trucks left shortly thereafter, drove up. Our crews arrived on Monday, um, had a look around, got a feeling for what was going on. Um, Dirtworks actually arrived about 1 or 2 o'clock in the afternoon um, and went right to work. So um, luckily, we had had a Monster Jam event there the week before. Um, so we were in communication with them the entire week leading up to um, and had a pretty good idea on what we were facing. Um, they had been able to bring in additional base for the floor, um, strengthen it up prior to their event. Um, and then they, they built the obstacles with us in mind and got all of the dirt imported that we would need to build the Supercross track. So when Dirtworks got there, um, you know, they, they had to obviously move some of the mud around that was on the floor, uh, which they did. And then um, they went right to work and started building uh, building lanes. So I think on Tuesday morning, they had already had about two and a half lanes built, ready to go around the outside. Um, Tuesday, we reconvened with them. Uh, lots of communication back and forth as the day went on. Um, but everything was was looking really good. Um, like I had mentioned, the floor was in good shape. Um, it, it was hard. There were some soft areas. We redesigned a track um, to go around those soft areas um, just so that we could avoid it um, you know, as best as possible. Uh, we did meet with the team uh, during this time frame, kind of explain to them what we were looking at, uh, the track redesign and the reasons why. Um, and then a few hours after that, uh, actually, is when um, the heavy rain started. There was heavy rains, hail, uh, the whole nine yards. Um, Alex from Dirtworks and I kept in communication as to what he was seeing. But uh, one large area, it's right around third base side of of the uh of the base was all muck and that's why we designed the track around that um well as it rained it continued to spread and spread and spread and looking at the forecast uh with several more inches expected you know you kind of know what's going to happen uh it's going to continue to spread and, and affect areas of the track and and places that we can't avoid the race on so um we monitor it throughout the day it continued to rain and Unfortunately, clear straight into the night uh, and the next morning, um, you know, after collectively discussing uh, internally and with our dirt teams as well as dirt works and, and our boots on the ground made the decision to, to postpone the race. You know, we I was looking at something that you and I did back in Orlando when there was the two races there in 2021 and heavy rains hit the area that week. And you guys were lucky that you had already built the track from there. And you just left at the same track for those two weeks, some minor modifications. But I remember thinking about like all the infrastructure that you guys have that has to move around. You know, not only is there like the scoring pylon, the finish line structure, the manager's tower, there are miles of cables that get laid through there. And to think about how much of that stuff had to get done through the muck, I was like, wow, they have such a challenge for everything for you guys to, to go through. You know, the guys that you have that do this, they're the biggest professionals at it. I mean, to see the track that they salvaged at Anaheim one last week was great, you know, so they, they have a lot of experience in doing this for you guys to have to cancel an event. It had to be fully extreme circumstances. 
Yeah, our, our teams are are very experienced in this, unfortunately. Um, but it, you know, we we were taking all mitigation measures, so um, moving some of the equipment on the floor, the, the structures and things like that, uh, to places that made sense, so we didn't have to traverse over the base uh, as much as as we typically would. Um, worked with our television crews to to move the cameras from the floor up into the stands. Um, you know, less cabling that way. So all of those measures were taken into account already as we were progressing um, through the week. Um, and then eventually there was just no more mitigation measures that we could take. It was what it was. And, and uh, you know, that, that led to part of our decision as well. So as you guys were having the conversations with the teams, what was their thought on it? Because there's so much curiosity on whose decision was this. Did they have a lot of pressure on you guys? Because let's be honest, since 2019 San Diego incident, there's been much, much better communication. Everyone's more understanding of the position you guys are in, but that the teams are in. And they don't want to, nobody wants to torch all their equipment at the second race. So, how did that go between you and the teams? Um, uh, good. So, uh, open dialogue um, is always key in these types of situations. Um, so, that was part of the reason for the call that we had was to hear from them, you know, what, what their thoughts and, and beliefs were. Um, you know, as the organizer of the series, we have to look at all entities um, and make the best decision. Um, so we, we heard from the teams. I, I, I wouldn't say it was heavy one direction or the other. Obviously, nobody wants to, to race in mud. It's been quite a few years. Luckily, I, I think Dirtworks has done a good job at, at keeping us from that. Um, but, um, you know, the, the options at the time were still um, limited as to where we could and go to, to make up the race. It's, it's not easy as I think you were kind of kind of alluding to, to just change a facility. Um, you know, these stadiums nowadays have so many bookings, so many dates um, that you have to work around that, that um, it's not just the flip of a switch that, that we can do to, uh, to move a, a show. So um, obviously we were trying um, to, to make the track raceable and safe for everyone um, while obviously hearing from everyone else on, on what their thoughts were with it. And we had boots on the ground, um, as I had mentioned. So, you know, we were getting real time feedback for over a week, talking with the venue who was in contact with local and, and state officials on, you know, the status of the surrounding area. Um, so, you know, um, we made a decision with all of the information that was being provided to us from both the teams as well as those other folks. Cool. Hey, at no point did like local officials come in and tell you guys that you couldn't do it, right? Like, had you guys not reached that point where they were understanding of what you were trying to do? Or was that nearing a, hey, man, with another two inches of rain coming, maybe you guys shouldn't come in? No, no, no time did, did any of that happen. Okay. You know, something that's pretty lucky for you guys is, you know, two weekends that got built into the schedule this season for off weekends. Usually we cram 17 races into 18 weeks, which is great. But this has been really, really fortunate for you guys to get this one opening in February. So, I mean, how did that work out? And to know, hey, we got to go from one part of the country back. It's not ideal for anybody right now. You guys have more trucks than anyone does on the road. But pretty fortunate that you have an opening early in the season like that. Yeah, so um, the Coliseum Management Group is a group that we work with across the country in a lot of different venues. So a great relationship there. Um, we we spoke with them uh, about what we were looking at, what we were considering doing, some of the windows that we had to be able to play. Um, you know, ideally, we, we could have played April 1st, but the Oakland A's play in the Coliseum, uh, so they need a baseball 
stadium by then. Um, so that wasn't an option. The 18th was an option. That's the closest turnaround to put turf down um, that I, I think they've ever had. But uh, they reached out, uh, talked with the Oakland A's, the venue did, reached out, talked with the Oakland A's. They were comfortable with it. Uh, they're comfortable with our practices over years and, and experience in other venues as well. Um, so they were okay with it, gave us the green light. Um, that is definitely one of the things that we take into account uh, first and foremost is, is routing. Um, you know, we, we have, including our operational trailers and, and all of our other trailers that travel down the road, uh, just felt only it's about 23 trailers. Um, you know, so it's not ideal for us to go from Tampa to Oakland to Arlington um, at, at, at all, but it's for the greater good to, to host that event. Um, that was, that was uh, in the decision-making process. So I think a lot of people just assume like, these things just happen. Like you guys just have an idea of like, well, the stadium's open because there's no baseball here. There's no football at this time of year. But I've been to the Feld headquarters to see the logistics that you guys pull together, uh, even to know how Monster Jam and Supercross are interwoven with each other. Because if there's a race one weekend in one city, the next series comes in pretty much right after. So you guys can just have the same dirt and everything. But this is not like a fly-by-night deal. You guys really know what you can and can't do. So like you said, the change of venue, like so many people were thinking, we'll just go to Anaheim for another week. Well, first, you have Monster Jam sold for two days there. And I know Monster Jam's probably like a sellout race at Angel Stadium. But then two, you guys have been selling tickets for Oakland, this massive NorCal market, since October. So you don't want to pull away from those fans that are really dedicated. Tons of people come to Oakland. That's probably one of the more core races of the season, I think. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, we looked at all options, um, and, and I think you hit the nail on the head. We don't want to pull from the fans in, in NorCal. Um, they're some of our most dedicated fans. Uh, there's a huge racing contingency of fans that are in that, that market. Um, so, you know, it, it, to service those fans was very important to us. You know, you've been doing this forever. You and I have talked about this before. So for you guys to have to make this call is huge because there's no race for Supercross that's ever been postponed due to weather. I mean, other things have happened, obviously. But uh, this was a big one. How did it feel, I mean, amongst you, Dave Prater, and the other people at Feld to have to make that decision? Uh, I mean, honestly, not good. Uh, we, we love racing. Um, so uh, it, it wasn't... Uh taken lightly on our side um you know I, I, we've we've never canceled an event for weather as you mentioned and um but you know you have to do what's right um in the circumstances that the weather out there is unprecedented i i don't quote me on this but i believe it was a, like a hundred year rain uh that they're having out there uh with over 13 inches to date um and i think probably another four to five coming while we would have been there so um you know, we didn't take the, the decision lightly. Uh, obviously, we want to go racing. I, I should already be out there now um, preparing all the teams out, uh, you know, in the paddock. So uh, it's a bummer. It's a huge bummer. But I'm also really glad that we get the return, you know, um, that I think that's equally as important. Your position, like you said, to be so influential to the teams, like, I mean, you're the direct line of communication, I would say, most of the time. How is it now to know the the things that you guys have done in the past and now to see where the relationship is at between the Feld side of things and the team side of things to where everyone is working together right now as the Super Motocross Series kicks off? You guys would hate to have a big stumble like this and kind of destroy the goodwill that's been built up in the last two years. 
Yeah, I think it's great. I, I think the large majority of the race teams understand our position, um, you know, in a situation like this. Um, and I think that, that they would say that, um, you know, they, they know that Feld understands their position. Um, you know, the communication uh, has, at least in, in my 15 years, never been better. Um, you know, we hear from them daily, weekly. Uh, we have routine meetings to discuss, um, you know, not only event specifics such as this, um, but also long-term planning for, for the series. So, um, you know, I, I would say that our, our communications have, have never been stronger. Uh, and working with MX Sports as well as the OEMs all collectively has been, um, you know, very advantageous as well for the teams and the riders um, because we can align and, and um, make the sport uh, what they want it to be, um, you know, a, as we can. So it's, it's been very, very, very good. The masterminds at Yoshimura R&D have figured out how to get even more performance from the all-new 2023 Yamaha YZ450F. Through the perfect diameter and length of stainless steel tubing, plus a resonance chamber built into the muffler, the crew and Chino have upped the blue bike's maximum horsepower by 8% and the maximum torque by 13%, with the biggest improvements felt down low and through the middle of the engine's RPM range. The American-made RS12 Signature Series exhaust system is now available through YoshimuraRD.com. On a positive note, Anaheim one was great. To see that many people packed into Angel Stadium like that, like I said in the press conference, that first five minutes was crazy to hear how loud they are. I rewatched the race last night. You can just hear the energy even through the TV speakers. How is it for you to have all of that anticipation and ramp up, you know, the first day, the first week that you're in Southern California, and then to see it all go as well as it did on Saturday night with a sold-out crowd? Uh, good. Really good. I mean, uh, the 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 a sold out crowd is is like anything i've ever experienced so um you know it just brings the vibe of the whole place i mean i, I think you can you can attest to this that um the the vibe of the place is just awesome people were so excited obviously the racing was great um you know so we were super excited we we spend you know eight months a year developing what people get to see and that's rewarding when you know it, it's as many people that were there got to witness it i know you guys have been hard at work over these last few months to get the new series set up and all the things that go with it because it's not just three more races or a name change or this or that there's a lot of logistics that have got to be changed a lot of little things little details placards signage all of that i mean that's a huge effort how was it to see it all get debuted you know at the biggest race of the year for you guys uh, it was great. Um, you know, uh, the Super Motocross World Championship is is obviously something we're excited about. Um, it continues to evolve day by day. Um, you know, we're excited about the announcement of of the Charlotte and Chicagoland rounds in, in conjunction with LA Coliseum. Uh, those are two unique venues, two venues that are very excited to have us um, and 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 open to to the mission that we have set forth with with SMX. So, um, you know, to see all of that come together and, and to kick off and, and know that, um, you know, it, it will continue all the way until October. We're, we're really excited. You know, from when we went to Atlanta to the motor speedway a few years ago and the test run of those three races was great. And to see these big NASCAR tracks really catch on to what we have and, and be accommodating for you guys to take over the whole infield, the way you did it at Atlanta, the way you're going to do it at Chicago Inn, and then the drag strip at Charlotte. That's cool because most of the time those tracks only get used maybe three, four times a year. 
what do they see of the Supercross vision? Because it's pretty different than their normal, you know, automotive racing crowd. Yeah. Um, well, actually, surprisingly, um, Chicago or uh, Charlotte is is extremely busy. The the speedway as these NASCAR tracks do a lot more events than than I think most realize. But um, as as well as the drag strip, uh, they have events daily. Um, but I, I think the vision that they see is is what we all see. It's a, a great sport, great dynamic, um, awesome awesome viewership and, and, um, fan base, um, you know, and, and to bring this caliber of event into their facility and in conjunction and addition to NASCAR is, is a monumental for them. How different is it for you guys to set up the whole show on one of those facilities compared to a stadium? Something that I was talking to Sean Brennan about the other day was, you know, you go to a baseball or football stadium and there's bird's nests everywhere for the cameras to be mounted. A lot of the wiring and stuff is there for you guys. You come in and, and really make it your own place. We do. The infrastructure is the biggest thing. So inside of a football or baseball stadium, there's there's a lot of infrastructure, fiber, power, things like that. Um, when we go to a facility like a, a, a you know Chicago Land or Charlotte, um, they're built for stock car racing or drag racing, and not necessarily um, you know for multi-purpose use. So uh, you know, we, we obviously adjust. That's what we do. We adapt, but, um, things like power, you know, normally we can just get a power run to, to the finish line and, and it's as simple as running a wire. But when we're in a facility like that, there's no power out there because they've never had a need. So we bring in generators and, um, you know, longer runs instead of just tying into the house where they have, um, you know, connectivity for the television broadcast. Uh, we now have to bring in additional staff to run our own, um, you know, so those are those are really the biggest logistics. Um, you know, what you see on the floor of the track is obviously bigger, um, but it's the same, you know, we're just building it bigger. Uh, those are the items, um, you know, the, the uh, infrastructure, the items that, that are really the most challenging and, and different from what we're used to. Going to all the races that we go to, uh, one thing I'm always really interested in and, and appreciative of is how into it the stadium people are. Because you can talk to the security people, you can talk to the concession workers, just anybody that's around, even the people that are parking, they really like what we do. You know, they see that it's a pretty young, uh, energetic group. Everybody's really core and into it. And I think that that's cool. You'll catch those people that should be, you know, working, go out and watch a couple laps of it and they get into it. How is it for your side of things from these stadiums? Like what is their view of Supercross right now? The same. Um, you know, I, I think you said it very well there. Uh, they are, they're into it. Um, concession workers are into it, the event management, the executive team, they're all into it um, because it is a, a younger demographic. It's fun. It's, it's fresh from specifically what they're used to, um, you know, and, and relationships, the relationships that we forge are important um, with, with each of these venues, um, not just us, you know, at, at Feld, but everybody yourself and the writers and the teams and, and, you know, I've witnessed over the years, a lot of the stadium staff actually developed a favorite rider. Maybe they connected with that rider's personality or they saw them win for their first time or, or whatever the case is. Um, you know, I, I, I would venture to say that most all of the staff in every stadium are, are fans of at some level of Supercross um, because of the excitement that, that Supercross brings. All right. So getting back to Oakland, February 18th, everything is a go right now. Um, 
for fans that have tickets already, all that stuff will apply. But if there's people that can't make that date, what do they need to do? Um, so it, you can uh, visit supercrosslive.com or Ticketmaster uh, for additional information. Cool. So the series picks up next week in San Diego. New venue there, too. How exciting is it to go to Snapdragon Stadium? Because it's a lot different than uh, Petco was, but also way different than Qualcomm, which was, you know, 50 yards away. I'm excited to see how this one fills out. Yeah, I'm really excited. So uh, I had the ability to tour it a couple times, uh, specifically while it was still under construction, and a um, uh, lot of lot of open space, a lot of party VIP type space that will be accessible to a lot of the fans. Um, you know, it's state of the art. So um, excited from from that perspective. Uh, it's additionally a, a pretty large floor in terms of football, uh, so we're able to build a, a slightly larger track. Um, and then the pit space is going to be uh, very fan friendly, uh, large, um, large parking lot uh, just out back of the stadium that we utilize for Fan Fest. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it should provide for a, a pretty good user experience for everybody in attendance. OK, last two questions. Going to these stadiums, I get that same kind of rush of excitement. It's fun to walk through the tunnels and, you know, the back door entrances and stuff like that. You see it from a whole different perspective and you get there days ahead of time and stay way longer hours than we do. What do you enjoy so much about going to the stadiums early in the week and just seeing everything come together? Uh, I, it's literally just seeing it all come together. So, um, you know, in my specific role, um, you know, we, we get to see things in black and white on paper and say, okay, we're going to do this, 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 you know, X, Y, and Z. Um, and then we're going to implement that when we get on site. Um, and things on paper don't always translate well to what happens in the real world. But when all of those things that were on paper, you know, a few short months before come together and make an overall event that people get to experience, that, that, that's that's what I'd love this job for is is uh seeing you know what your hard work um the fruition of your hard work cool all right last thing we don't want a weekend off we didn't expect it i'm sure you didn't plan to be back home in tampa right now just the same way i didn't plan to be home in illinois but uh i'm not gonna lie i'm a little excited about it because a1 was so frantic it seemed that i'm like i need a little bit of time to get my bearings back what will you do this weekend and uh how will you make the most of your time? Is it going to be straight work or will you get some family time, some fun mic time? Uh, yeah, definitely family time. Uh, I have a three-year-old, so I don't have the luxury of, of uh, you know, anything but. Um, but, uh, you know, we still have a lot of work to do. Obviously, we only have one one round, um, you know, behind us. And uh, a lot is learned in the first round. A lot's learned in every round. So, uh, we'll make adjustments to to make sure everything's as smooth as it can be heading into San Diego. I already looked at the weather for San Diego, 67 degrees next Saturday. It'll be great, great time to go. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Can't wait. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate you guys getting on the phone. Hectic week for you guys. Uh, thanks for getting all this stuff sorted out as well as you guys do. I mean, you have some of the best crew in the business from the Dirtworks people to the guys that set the tough blocks to your management staff. I mean, you guys got to make it happen and you know what to do. So thanks for taking the time this week. Thanks, Michael. Appreciate it.